Champaign, Illinois native Emily Harrington coming to you from Kitchen Table Studios in the ever-evolving, sometimes boring, flatlands of Champaign-Urbana for the next podcast episode of Hyperlocals, where townies and transplants share their tales of tears and triumphs, losses and wins, so stay tuned to catch the characters behind the beloved Twin Cities of CU. Hello, everybody. And welcome back to the next episode of the Hyper Locals podcast. This is take two if my intro is sounding a little off. I have a professional at my side here at Kitchen Table Studios, Mr. Scott Beatty. Hello, Scott. You say professional in the sense that I get paid for what I do. Yes. Okay. Well, he was doing a one, two, three mic check. He was saying there's an echo and a slight hiss, so I got very nervous. <laughs> it felt very official all of a sudden. But I think he will be an excellent interview. He was sick a couple weeks ago, so we got pushed a little bit. And now I am feeling a little under the weather. His moneymaker, his smooth, velvety tones, right in check. I sound a little bit ick, so I'm going to try not to sniff, 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 Okay. And we're six feet apart. I'm COVID negative, just for the record, okay? Same. Okay, great, great, great. So we're starting off on a good foot. Now, I am going to try to get through his credentials because they are somewhat confusing. Would you agree with that? (laughs) Convoluted. Convoluted, yes. So let's see if I can get through it. Okay, his employer is the Champagne Multimedia Group. He is a broadcaster for WDWS, and behind the scenes, he is the operations manager, which he says means nothing to us, but I'm sure in his building, it's quite important. He does all the pre-games for men's football, men's basketball, and the post-games for football and sometimes men's basketball. On a daily basis, he is the host of Sports Talk on WDWS from 4 to 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then, in your spare time, <laughs> you do the play-by-play for Illini Athletics, primarily baseball and softball, and you fill in as needed wherever they need you. Yes. On your station, WDWS. Yes, you hear those games on our station. Okay. Now, people are going to recognize your voice for whatever reason or another. I mean, you have this voice that's synonymous with sports in our town. Accurate. Yes. I hope so. How many hours a week are you working? (sighs) And what kind of calendar do you use? Because you seem like you're everywhere all the time. Or you have to be. Yeah, it's pretty hectic. I mean, during baseball season, forget it. I don't want to count. Um, during a normal week, I'm probably going 50 to 60 hours a week. Yeah. Baseball season being your busiest time of year. Yeah. What's your quietest time of year? Summer. Summer. Okay. 
Now, Scott and I met, (laughs) we're going to start this way, at our son's Little League game. Yes. Our sons are the same age. Yes. And we're on the same team. Yes. And Scott was a co-coach. Do you think that's fair? I think that's fair. Okay. So he runs a sports program from 4 to 6 p.m. And I said, I cannot believe you were co-coaching and able to make it. And you said, I did it to make my son's day. Yes. Not for your own benefit. (laughs) I I mean, I love the game. Don't get me wrong. I love the game of baseball and enjoyed my time there. But I mean, it was all about a way to connect with my son. Yeah. And do you think he enjoyed it? I think he enjoyed it. He does not love playing the game of baseball as much as he loves other sports, which is fine. Sure. Um, He's not even all that athletic Mm -hmm, compared to some of the other kids. Yes. But he enjoyed it. Why do we put them in this game if they don't love it? Is it because it's a rite of passage? (laughs) Specifically baseball? Yes. I wanted him just to experience it. Yeah. It's a great game. I could talk for a long time about just why I love the game. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't have to be in it. At this age, I want him exposed to a lot of different things. And you're talking to a guy who actually has a music degree. So it's not just about sports. Sure. But try baseball. Try basketball. Try soccer. Try playing an instrument. Try singing. Try dance if that's your deal. You know, Whatever it is. So if he says to you this upcoming season, Dad, I don't want to do it. You think you'll give it one more year? Encourage one more year? I'd probably push him a little bit yeah so would you try it one where you because it's a game that can grow on you it's a hard game to play mm. it's a hard game to learn they always say baseball's a game of failure yeah like the best hitters are out more than they make hits sure but my more bottom line is you need to do something that's active yeah involves exercise sure yeah <laughs> so if it down the line is hey, hey my thing's soccer or cross country or hiking whatever yeah. it is you need to be moving Yeah, I agree. And I know that, you know, it might be building robots or designing board games or coding or whatever it is down the line. It might be kids' true passion, but we still need to be moving. Yeah, I agree. Let's talk a little bit about this particular Little League season. (laughs) Do you want to summarize it or do you want me to summarize it? (laughs) You might have a different perspective. Multiple eyewitnesses? Yeah. It was a lot of fun, but they're, what is it, they're eight to 10 year olds? Yes. So they're starting to turn the corner where winning matters to them. Yeah. And this was the first year of farm. Yeah. And kids pitching. pitching. Okay. So there's a lot of new to, especially younger boys. Right. right? They've not done this before. And the scoreboard wasn't turned on for the most part. Yeah. But kids were interested in the score and... It was like every game, somebody cries. Yeah. You know, like when boys start to hit puberty or whatever, then they don't cry anymore as much. Yeah. Although that's fine if they do. Yes. But, you know, dealing with disappointment and failure and missed expectations and and all that stuff. But that's all fine. Sometimes the parents were the ones that needed a little more parenting than the kids. It got heated towards the end of our season when we entered the championship games. Yes. Okay. There was a almost an altercation, really, verbal across the field. Yes. At the championship game? I think it was a semifinal or, wh- okay. or whatever. But it, it was all about who was on the roster and certain kids couldn't make it and who got to fill in and, and how that did or didn't align with league rules. It ended up being above board, but 
maybe the rule needs to be tweaked because of good players filled in. Yes. And that caused resentment on the other side. But the adults yes. didn't do the best. And I don't want to single anybody out. But sure. But the, the, the adults didn't do the best in handling that. And the kids in a public see way. us yes. yelling at each other and upset. And our team gets labeled as cheaters. Mm-hmm. And this even carries over into the championship game. Spoiler alert, we get into the championship, which is the next day, and we're being called cheaters <laughs> Yes, from behind the fence. And By then, people we don't know. Yeah, the commissioner has to come out. I mean, it was absolutely one of the most insane things I've experienced, yet I wanted to get popcorn and watch it all happen. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand how things have gotten this way. Do you think it's Little League or do you think it's sports in general at this age? Many years ago, before my son was of age, I actually went to a travel ball tournament because they had asked um, us to do some announcing. Not on the radio, just a public address. Um, Somebody who was part of the tournament asked me to do that. These are nine-year-olds and they're very committed to the game or their parents are because they're paying money for travel ball. But I was hearing parents there yelling at umpires, saying things they shouldn't say. And I thought, I think this has been a part of sports culture for whatever reason. And this was years ago. Yes. So, okay. Yeah. I don't think it's a recent phenomenon. But I do think our culture right now is a little amped up. Yeah. On edge coming out of the pandemic. Sure. And everything else where everyone's just mad about stuff. Yeah. So I I wonder if that fuels it a little bit. So maybe next year I'll be a little calmer next season. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) That was wild. That was wild. And we ended up not winning. Yes. And that was hard for the kids. They lost. It was a close game. I think it was a one run game. Yeah, it was crazy. And you have these kids who can't handle their emotions still or learning to. Mm -hmm. But they're doing these big adult kind of things and experiences. And it was just emotional for them. Okay, well, next season, I'm hoping for some calmer seas. Yes. Okay. All right. Let's start a little bit at the beginning in terms of how you got to where you are today in broadcasting. You told me this was not what you set out to do. No. I mean, I took the very natural path Uh of being an engineering major at the University of Illinois and then switching into music. And Sorry, where are you from, Scott? (laughs) Originally from Naperville. Oh, Western suburb of Chicago. Sure. But we've lived here not as students, like just as community members since 2005. Okay. Um, So this feels more home almost now than where I grew up does. Wow, okay. But yeah, I started as an engineering major, switched to music, taught music, uh, went into campus ministry here at the University of Illinois, and then went into broadcasting in my late 20s. So you taught music. Are you musically inclined? Yeah. Can you pick up any instrument? Can you sing? I can hold a tune. Really? Uh, Yeah. And I don't know if you would want to hear me solo sing, but I can sing on pitch. and That is surprising. I've sung in choirs, what have you. Wow. Okay. My main instrument is trumpet. And as a... Oh my gosh. As a band director, I knew all the basics of all the instruments. Okay. But I wouldn't necessarily be, you know, you wouldn't want to hear me on all the instruments. Okay. But I could tell you how to create a sound on most of them. Wow. (laughs) Okay. I used to play the flute and it lasted one, one grade and I would write the notes on my sheet music mm-hmm. and I was chastised for that because mm-hmm. I was supposed to have them memorized. Yeah. So I never really played again. 
I'm sorry. I it's know. A great, it's a great outlet. Okay, so why broadcasting? I don't know, except it's something I was drawn to since I was a little, little boy. I was in a seminar once where they had you um, map out your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and ask you, when were you happiest? When were you most fulfilled? Go back to your earliest. Doesn't matter. Yeah. And I, I, I just always had a, a natural draw to, I want to say, things that required you to broadcast. Sure. Present. Okay. Uh, Public and, speaking? Yeah. Okay. So... The so. opposite of engineering, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. But I like using the left side of my brain. Don't get me wrong. I mean, wow. I really, I'm pretty good in math and science. Okay. So I enjoyed that whole thing. Yeah. But, but yeah, it just was something from the beginning of my life, I think. So where was this turn? Uh, what was the first opportunity in broadcasting? So my wife is faculty at Parkland College here, and she told me that one day she saw a flyer posted uh-huh. that they were looking for sportscasters at WPCD, which is the student radio station at Parkland College. Okay. And what are you employed in at this time? At that time, I work for InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. Okay. And I'm working here at the U of I on campus. Sure. And so I followed up on this flyer and I said, oh, I'm not a student. I just live here in town. My wife's faculty. I'm like, cool. And it said, we'll train you. The training was, you're on next week. And at that time, they still would put students or whoever to do local high school football games or what have you. Yeah. So the next week, I'm over at Centennial doing a high school game. You're doing the play-by-play. I was doing play-by-play. Did you know anything about the sport? Of football? Yes. Yeah. You knew enough. I knew enough of, yeah. To do a play-by-play. Not enough to do it well, but I knew how to... Yeah. But the kid that was sitting with me goes, is this your first... You said this is your first broadcast? (laughs) I said, yeah. He goes, it doesn't sound like it. Oh, okay, okay. So I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I got something here. Because I grew up, I loved, especially sports on the radio. Okay. Growing up in Chicago, you hear all these icons of radio broadcasting, and I'd go into a stadium, whether it be Wrigley Field for the Cubs or Soldier Field for the Bears, and I'm looking at the field, but then immediately my eyes are going up to the press box, looking up there, trying to find the broadcasters going, wow, what a great job they're doing. I'd love to do that. Why didn't you start with broadcasting i don't know that's interesting Uh, other than i think i had so many other opportunities in front of me yeah that just seemed like the way to go at the time it wasn't money drawing you one direction or the other or success or that i think that was part of it sure sure i think it was part of it just knowing that at the time a Mm -hmm. job in engineering would be pretty lucrative sure and there was some some of that coming from my parents yeah. Um, but also, I came here to the U of I knowing, well, if I don't want to stay in engineering, I can switch into music. Because mm. I actually auditioned for the music school at the same time. And the trumpet professor here said, well, I'll still give you lessons even if you start in engineering. So I was kind of on this dual like, yeah. fork in the road for my first year in college. Sure. Using I, two sides of your brain. Yeah. But I never thought, oh, broadcasting is another option. I just thought that was something interesting, but... I'm not in that. It's just I'm not in that world. So it didn't even occur to me to get into that world. You talked about expectations put on you by your parents. Um, talk about that a little bit. They wanted you to be this big, successful businessman or? I think it was important. I think especially it was important that I was set up to take care of a future family. Oh. And my stepdad was an engineer and my mom. See, actually, both of them 
were lay musicians. They played in community bands and orchestras. Sure. And they really loved it. But my mom taught school. She taught high school. And my stepdad was an engineer. And this just seems like you have smarts. Mm. You have an aptitude. So use it. But I also was a good musician and was really interested in going into that world of teaching and conducting. So Hmm. um, eventually after a year, I was like, this is my heart's just not in it. Mm. And we need a lot of teachers right now, right? There's a teacher shortage, but music teaching jobs that I was interested in weren't exactly, there's not a ton of jobs, but. Oh, interesting. So that was, there was kind of this conflict of, is this the smartest choice I can make for financial stability? Sure. But I was really operating on faith. Part of it I felt like is if you follow desires that are planted in you, mm-hmm. I felt by God that things would be taken care of. I didn't realize you were so religious. Would you describe yourself as religious? Well, religious is a loaded term. Yeah. So, I mean, I attend a church yeah. and, and I'm part of a faith community in that sense, if you want to call it religious. But religion can, I don't know, ritual or rule yeah. following or that kind of stuff. I, I more think of it as faith. Okay. Faith-based or spiritual or relationship-based with a relationship with God, if that makes sense. Sure. When does your wife come in the picture? So we actually met in high school. Oh, wow. Okay. We went to prom together. Oh, cute. My junior and senior year. Naperville mm-hmm. High School? Naperville North Naperville, okay. And then and she also came to the U of I. We didn't really plan it to follow each other in that sense, but we did, and we ended up in the same circle of friends and faith community. Seamlessly and, dating? Or, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I don't know that I would recommend that. <laughs> looking back at my immature self in my teenage years and early college even um most often it doesn't work from high school to college right that transition usually is a break yeah yeah i've known some but you know if i could re-counsel myself at the time oh interesting be like hey dude you just don't need to be in a serious relationship yeah Yeah. Uh, but god was good to us and kind of protected us and so we got married out of college six years after we started dating wow (laughs) she would bring you bananas and snacks (laughs) at the game or practices maybe knowing that you'd be hungry after work yes and i always noticed that and thought that was so sweet that is the type of person she is oh her instinct is how do i help oh that is so nice and it's not like she's just got nothing to do all day yeah she's a full-time professor at parkland She's just thinking of your needs. Yeah. So when I'm getting the kids together and getting ready for the game, I'm also going to pack dad a quote dinner. I mean, it's like PBJ and a banana or whatever. So thoughtful. And she did that more than once. Mm -hmm. I often saw her do it. Mm -hmm. You can see why I didn't want to leave her. Yes. (laughs) So in retrospect, when you're recounseling yourself, I think you made the right move. Oh, yes. Never a question about who I was with. Yeah. Just more about your... um, readiness to sure. be in the kind of relationship I was in. Sure. Okay, so that centennial game, going back to that first broadcast, what did that ignite in you? Were you like, oh, this is where I should be? I think so. I mean, I didn't know how it could go, but it wasn't too long after that I was looking up how people got into the business, oh, the, wow. the, the steps. And really my dream at that time, and isn't a dream that I'm willing to give up either to any Major League Baseball employers <laughs> out there, listening Um, was to be a major league baseball broadcaster wow so i enjoy all the sports but i just have always loved baseball the most and i found my way into an internship with a minor league baseball team up in rockford how old are you 29 
Wow. So, so like you're a 29-year-old intern. Yeah, I'm the world's oldest intern. They gave me $250 a month. My employer, InterVarsity, was gracious enough to give me leave for the summer. And they, they kind of recognize, okay, he's Scott's trying to figure some things out here. Wow. Did you have kids yet? No. So your wife's supporting you, if I can say that. Yes. And your dream, supporting your dream. Yes. Okay. Still does. And bringing you peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> yes. Okay. And saying, yeah, you could be in Rockford for the summer. And I mean, she'd go back and forth sure. and, or vice versa. Um, and having parents in the suburbs made that work. Sure. And I had a great mentor there. Um, and I parlayed that into landing my first, quote, full-time seasonal job in baseball out in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Mm. So this was 2010. And I also remember that summer getting a part-time job with WDWS. Oh, interesting. So I'm in Sioux Falls, and they needed uh, part-timers uh, in the fall. And I, since I'd been a student here and living in town, I'd heard and listened to WDWS, particularly Illini Sports, but other sure. stuff. And I said, I want to work there one day. Yeah. So you saw that there was a job opportunity with them part-time? Mm-hmm. You applied? Yep. And you it, got it? Yep. It was to be a board operator. Okay. So how'd you do that from Sioux Falls? Well, I didn't. Once the summer season ended okay. in Sioux Falls, I'd come home basically after Labor Day. Okay. And then I would start doing that on weeknights and or weekends, depending on when they needed me. And I'm still working for InterVarsity. And my role was transitioning. Oh, my god! From working directly with students, it was transitioning into an administrative role that I could, it was more just do it when I could do it kind of thing. So you've always had multi-hustles, it sounds like. Yes. Multi-streams of income, yes. multi-bosses. Yes. Wow. And there was a point where I had three different bosses, and it was very confusing. But I'm trying to figure this stuff out, you know. Yeah. In Sioux Falls, are you in a little apartment? Yeah, the team provided a apartment okay and it wasn't anything better than your college apartment right but wow. it was an apartment okay and your wife's back here mm-hmm. okay more we, i mean she'd come out back yeah and forth. sure because she had summers off with parkland okay so it, it wasn't like see in four months oh my gosh when we were talking pre-interview you said i like sports i don't love sports and this is fascinating because your bread and butter is sports you have to know the ins and outs of every sport. Mm-hmm. Now, my husband, I think, loves sports. You said you like sports. What is the difference? Do you look at them in more of a scientific, practical points? I like sports like most people who are fans like sports. Okay. But I think there are some people that are more passionate and know more than I do. And I I'm, bet you know a lot, Scott. I don't, maybe, than, yeah. but I think there's people that know a lot more or um, live it a lot more. What I love... Yeah is telling people about sports or telling people about whatever the subject is. I've done news also, and there's something that I love about transmitting, to use a radio term. Sure, (laughs) sure. Transmitting uh, to be eyes and ears for people, uh, to be a communicator. Okay, so it's not just communicating sports. No, don't get me wrong. I really enjoy it. um, But... I like to say, I can be interested in almost anything for 20 to 30 minutes. Wow, yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. You know, I mean, I, I see you have uh, some sketches of your home up yeah. here. You know, it's like, I, I could be interested in architecture for 20 to 30 <laughs> minutes if I had somebody on to talk architecture and discuss it and, and this and that. I don't know if I'm going to go read every book on architecture yeah. and, and go on architecture tours, but I could enjoy that for a day. Well, I think that's what makes a good communicator. I mean, just mm-hmm. like... I have a variety of guests. I don't want one type of guest. Right. From one area. Yeah. So if they pulled you into a news spot, you'd be fine. 
Yes. And that's like Penny for your thoughts. You filled in there and you loved that. Yeah. That's also just sort of a talk show. Sure. Slash, you know, community forum. Type sure. Thing, which I enjoy. But my two passions are play by play. Uh-huh. And interviewing subjects. Yeah. What you do. Yeah. This is weird. I'm not used to being those. I know. It's end. hard to yeah. be on the other side. I find myself talking to people and it, I'm just pummeling questions at them. And when it gets turned on me, it's uncomfortable for me sometimes. <laughs> Do you think that? Or are you okay bit, yeah. being on the other side? I've never done this. <laughs> well, I, you're I've, doing been, great. I, I've been on it as, you know, like, okay, we're joined by Scott Patey, you know, like yeah, Nebraska. Somebody sure. in Nebraska will call me and say, let's talk about Illinois football because Nebraska and Illinois are going to play this week. And so they want to hear my perspective. But talking specifically about yourself yes. is different. It is. Yeah. This is unique. Is I don't it, know if you're going to go all Barbara Walters on, no, no, on no. us and make us all cry or something. but That has happened. I have seen that. I provide her, Kleenex. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So when do you get a full-time job back here in Champaign? So I was doing um, baseball in Sioux Falls uh-huh. for, for four years. And I was ready to go back. Wasn't quite sure and was feeling uncertain. And then another day, um, a friend of mine was tragically killed. Ugh. And so it would just gave me pause for a moment and it decided felt like I needed to be back home and not be um, living itinerantly in the summers in Sioux mm. Falls. Um, and at that point, you know, Elliot's one and a half. Oh, two. so you did have a kid. Yeah. At, this at that point. point, it felt like, you know, um, I really have enjoyed my time in Sioux Falls. You know, I was hoping that would be a stepping stone to something bigger in the baseball world. And it wasn't going that way. So let's come back home and see what we can. So at that point, I'm working just more part time at WDWS, expanding my role there, mm-hmm. more fill in and um, still working with university. And then in 2015, uh, one of the full time announcers at WDWS left uh, somewhat surprisingly okay. to, to us. Uh, and that opened the door for me to take a full time position there. And it just felt like let's take the full time job here and see what goes with just growing a job here. And I knew that maybe down the road that might open the door to doing more Illini athletic stuff. At that point, I had just done some little fill-in things here and there or um, freelance work with them. And so how long have you been with the company at this point? Uh, When I became full-time? Yeah. uh, Five years. Okay. You talked about your friend passing away and that was kind of a pivotal moment. What did that mean for you in terms of reflection on your life? I had a friend who worked in Fargo. Okay. He was another broadcaster. He was a broadcaster of North Dakota State. Best broadcaster nobody's ever heard it. And he's, ironically, his name was Scott, or coincidentally, okay. his name was Scott, Scott Miller. Great guy. And we'd chat whenever, because he also did the Fargo baseball team. And so whenever Sioux Falls played Fargo, we'd get together. Great guy, salt of the earth. I want to say he was mid-50s, never married, no kids. He always would ask me about my wife and kids. Mm. And I would always be asking him about broadcasting and moving up and sure. North Dakota state is a big job, even oh. though I mean, it has a huge following up there. Okay. Uh, relatively small in the university space of athletics, but one of the best FCS football teams. And it was a really good job. And he was known as the voice of the bison. Sure. And mm. he was also very, um, faith-based, you know, he okay. was solid. I just tell that he, I think he looked at me and he's like, you have something I want. Yeah, and you look at him like that. And he just kind of said at the end of the day, there are things that are more important than talking into a microphone. Mm. And I felt like I could keep chipping away, clawing at this and see if baseball goes somewhere 
or I could stay home and I just, um, you know, just seen a, a good friend tragically die and leave behind a wife and a one-year-old. Yeah. And I go, what's most important here? Yeah. So I felt the Lord saying, it's time to be home now. Did so, you look at that as a step down and like defeat? Or did you look at it just in a change in direction? Both. Both. I would love to say I just knew this was the direction to go and, and loved it. But I was, it's always been a struggle for me to learn to be content yes. with my lot in life. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, um, not lose ambition. Mm. You know, I mean, I'd lo- like I said, I'd love to one day be the voice of a major league baseball team. I'm 42. Mm. I don't know what the chances of that are happening anymore. Yeah. So it's like, who wants to, don't let your dream die. Yes. But at the same time, here I am, I get to call baseball yeah. for the school I went to, and it's a good program. So I get to call University Baseball, and I'm not doing 100 games in 110 days, living life on a bus. It's a pretty hectic season. Yeah. And we're gone every other weekend. Right. But I'm also home. Yes, with your family. When, I'm, when, when we're not on the road. Right. And I'm filling in. I mean, this year I got to fill in for men's basketball in Las Vegas. Yeah. They beat UCLA. Terrence Shannon had an amazing game. And yeah. all. I mean, like, hang on. Yeah, you yeah. got it pretty good, Scott. Right. Is this contentment versus complacency? Like, how do we live in a state of contentment without getting complacent? Is that kind of what you're describing? I think so. My husband is always thinking about the next thing. And I live in a state of contentment and could be fine in one place always. And he always wants the next thing, the next project, the next route, the next passion. And I don't, it's hard for me to understand because then you don't take risks. You know, he wants to take risks. I don't want to take any risks. So how do we not let our dreams die, have dreams, but still be grateful for what we've got? Exactly. Like you see your kids, see your wife, and is that ever, you know, enough? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When is enough enough? So I don't want to get all... It's hard though. No, it's I, I the mean, balance. I, I mean... Do you mind if I share a Bible? Yes. Verse? So Psalm 16, 5 and 6 says, The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. Mm. So I think practicing thankfulness and gratitude, Mm -hmm. but being able to recognize what's been put into our hearts and how we're made and how we're wired and not to squelch that or squash that or ignore it. Right. You know, those things are, I think we hold those together. Yeah. And it's always trying to find a place of this is what I want. This is what I desire, but holding it open. So we're not holding on to so tightly because I've seen people in the, in the broadcasting industry, I'm sure. And your husband's line of work too, that like, well, this is the most important thing and it will sacrifice everything else for it. Right. You know, I think that's costly. That's too costly. Can you have it all? (laughs) Cause it sounds like you really can't. You become the major league broadcaster, but your family may suffer. Do you know what I mean? Right. Can you have it all? Um, (laughs) What is all? Yeah. I see some of the big time network broadcasters come through here all the time. And I go, wow, you know, wouldn't that be great? But is that what's for me? Right, right, right. Maybe it will be. Right. Um, And again, if there's any major network (laughs) that would like to reach out. (laughs) Um, But at the same time, 
to not, you know, just sit here and go, oh, well, I don't care. Yeah. That's not, I think right. that's what you're talking I about think you're being real. But go, if that's not for me, then it's not for me. Right. You just have to shift. That's not what God has. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. And sorry to get so philosophical, but it is nah, like, fine. I think it's everyone's struggle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's not, sometimes it feels like it's a, an issue for men. Sometimes it's the same yeah. for women. It yeah. just comes in different ways. Yeah, you know? sure. Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, usually not all the time. Sometimes women are trying to figure out how do I balance child rearing? A hundred percent. Or the kids start to get older and you start to look at what do you do now? Mm-hmm. What do you do next? That's a real thing. They don't need me as much. They have needed me 24 seven for yeah. the past five, six, seven years. You know what yeah. I mean? So what's the next thing for me? Yeah. And of course, it depends on sometimes mom and dad have had to work mm-hmm. full time the mm-hmm. whole time just to keep things going. Sometimes one doesn't have to work as much as the other mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But yeah, I was somewhat in that position. Yeah. That's why I was able to be in a few part time jobs. Yeah. Simultaneously. Right. Because Christina was working full time. Yeah. So has she always kind of supported your dreams or is there any time where she's like, hey, man, I need you here? We got to oh, reroute. She's, she's always been 100% supportive. She's only ever asked, is this next thing something you need to do or is it you just want to do? Yeah. And sometimes that's hard. Yes. You know? That's a whole there, other in question. In broadcasting, there's a very real, if you say no to an opportunity, it feels like you're shutting off uh, 100 future opportunities because you said no the first time. Mm. So how do you handle that? To younger or newer broadcasters, I think you got to say yes wow. as much as possible. Sure. When you start to get established, you can start to be a little more picky. Okay. Because I think you have enough cachet that somebody else will come for you next. So when you did have to say no to an opportunity, how did that make you feel in your gut? Let's say you had to say no because of a birthday or an event or something happening in your kids' lives. Or Christina needed you at home. Did you have resentment for that? Did that make you feel like ick inside? A little bit. Resentment, um, yeah. Yeah. Maybe towards the, the timing of it and yeah. um, anxiousness that now I've lost yes. out in the future. Right. And that's not being in a place of trust. Yeah. And God's provision and God's yeah. timing. So that's where you have to, I think, look at what's going on inside and say... What's driving this? Yeah. You're very ambitious. Yeah. I think is how we can kind of like sum this up. Yeah. And I like new ventures, new projects. My wife keeps saying no more hobbies. Yeah. Because every time I get one, I want to make it a career. Do you have a hobby? What is right now? Outside of WDWS and sports, is there something? I put kids to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a hobby. I had more of that preacher. I had more of it pre-children if i had that kind of free time right now i might be picking up my instrument again or playing softball out at the park district or something like that okay shoot i was even going to the chess club several years ago when way before kids or in in broadcasting you know yeah those kinds of things i'm very active in our church okay so and i'm on our leadership for that so that has taken up a good bulk of time in the last six years are you the kind of person that can sit still and watch a TV show? Do you ever chill out or is your motor kind of always running? It's running. But I, I mean, when I get home, yeah, you know, at night, I'm like a zero or a hundred. Oh, interesting. You know? So yeah, I can watch a show, but that's usually just, just to, so I can wind down. Yeah. Okay. So your day 
is pretty unstructured except for those four to six. Is that correct? You just kind of go with the schedule as they need you. Yeah. I mean, I create my own structure because I have to live in structure. My mind needs structure. So game days, how do those look? Do you still have to do that four to six? That's consistent. Yeah, as long as the game isn't on at that time. Okay. So, you know, as we're recording this, there's a game on Thursday for men's basketball that tips at 7.30. Yeah. So my show from 4 to 6 will stop at actually at 5.30. Oh, wow. Because our pregame starts two hours out. So actually at 5.30, I will switch shows into pregame for basketball. So I'll be on from 4 to 6.30. Do you ever run out of things to say? (laughs) That's the fear. (laughs) Yeah. You have to fill the silence. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for two hours in a pregame show. Oh my gosh. Okay. What's your biggest, and I haven't told you that I'm going to ask this, so you might have to dive deep for this. Do you have the most embarrassing on-air moment that you can think of? You belt into the microphone. You don't realize the microphone is on and you say something disparaging about your boss. No, I cannot remember. Or you've witnessed one for that matter. Yeah, I think, you know, things that come back to mind are mistakes. Oh, yeah. Um, Saying the wrong name. That, um, I mean, there was a game once where I I think I called it a three-run home run when it was really a grand slam. I mean, just, you know, things like, oh, you doofus, you know, and there's that kind of stuff. I mean, I think there's probably things that people hear and say, you should be embarrassed about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You have to think so quickly in those play-by-play. Yeah. I mean, I would think there's a lot of room for error, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Oh, yeah, but there's... um, there's a, a structure to it, okay. believe it or not, Yeah, that I think you can, can work around. And the more games you see and you start to recognize situations and how the mechanics of the game work. I'm not talking about understanding the game like a fan. I'm talking about where information is coming from, mm-hmm. how to watch an umpire in, in baseball, how to watch a referee, mm. or, you know, what signals are being made oh my gosh. in basketball or football and those kinds of things what timeouts are being taken and start to anticipate things so that it's a smooth broadcast. Is there someone you've interviewed where you're like, this person is giving me nothing or they're a real a-hole? Um, now you don't have to say names. We can do a little guessing game. The first tends to happen with young student athletes. Oh my, really? <laughs> Freshmen, 18, 19 year olds are not great interviews. Usually they're just not. Okay, I just interviewed two football players, and I found them so affable, I couldn't believe it. Now, I'm going to guess they were older. Yeah, they are. They are. Yeah. And in sports, certain positions tend to provide better interviews, too. That is fascinating. I don't know who you interviewed, but I'm going to guess it was an offensive lineman. <laughs> it was defense. It was Johnny Newton. Oh, well, he's great. And Keith Randall. Oh, those two are outstanding. But I used to wait tables at Ansonia's and I would have to wait on the men's basketball team. And they were duds. I mean, <laughs> duds. Like they would just point and grunt. Like there was no conversation. But these two were so, was surprised me. Let me say that. They were oh, wonderful. Yeah. yeah, the law firm. Yeah, they're right. wonderful. Oh, they're, they're cut ups. They're just, they're, they're hilarious and they're very personable. And the older the player is, okay. the better the interview. Just okay. because, they, first of all, they know themselves. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, so you know. feel like they might be an anomaly, typically. In terms of the best interviews? Yeah. I mean, not every athlete's a great interview. Yeah, okay. But I'm just saying, generally, freshmen are harder to draw out. 
but go go find any 18 year old on the street and 100 <laughs> percent. yes and see how long you can have this this generation of texting yes and yes tiktok and all that i agree with that <laughs> okay um what do your family think of your job does anyone your dad your mom your stepdad do they tune in they will occasionally to stay in touch i've got with a great you. story for you okay go. last year we had a chance to go to a bulls game uh-huh my wife and my kids we got to a bulls game and i hadn't been to a bulls game in 20 years um and it was really cool i got to go see ayo sumu play and former line of malcolm hill too they were both on the floor at the oh same that's time. neat so benny the bull the mascot comes up oh, and yeah. does some shtick in, sure. in our section and this big thing spilled the popcorn it goes all over the place that whole stuff and they so next morning we get a text from my wife's brother we saw christina and the kids on tv because WGN TV had taken some B-roll of it. Sure. And and for a brief moment, my wife and kids were on TV. Oh. So the family text thread is like, I saw them on TV. And everyone is going, wow, that's so great. And I just texted back, I'm on the radio every day, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> it's true. I was true. That is so funny. I think they think it's interesting, but it's just my job. And, you know, they don't care. When you changed positions or changed routes from engineering, did anyone look at you sideways in terms of your parents or... From going back to college when I went from engineering to music? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got a lot of questions. And uh, at the time, I felt it was difficult. It was really difficult because I'm trying to follow a dream and what I think is the right path. Yeah. On the flip side of it, now being a parent myself, and I mean, you and I are both what, 10 years, eight, 10 years from a kid in college. Sure. But it's amazing what you re- realize your parents knew then that you thought they, you oh, thought they yeah. didn't know. Yeah, yeah. And so um, I think a lot, some of the questions that were being asked, very legit. Oh. But I resented those questions. Yeah. You know, like, but on the flip side, I want down the road to be able to tell my kids, you know, whatever you want to pursue, yeah. go at it. They all they just need to be aware of realities. Yes. You this know. is gonna make more, this is might make less, this is gonna be harder, this might be easier. If you wanna be a painter, you know, paintings that is, yeah, not painting walls. I sure. mean there's some realities you need to understand about right. what pursuing that will mean. You might not be Monet in the first few years. <laughs> well, just the opportunity how you're gonna be able to make money and yeah. earn a living. Yeah. Um <clears throat> so yeah, there was friction there. Okay, um, interesting. Um, More from one parent than the other? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But at the end, you know, especially by the time I got married, I think, you know, there was an understanding of, okay, he's he's making his choices, he's making his life, and, and it's okay. Yeah. You know? And I think there was also recognizing that, you know, God was providing and, yeah. and things were going to be okay. I think all parents just worry about their, For sure. their kids' future. Yeah. And... There's a letting go probably that when we get there, we'll have to under figure out how do you let go of, you don't get to make control. You don't get to make every decision for your kid. No, I don't want them pick their clothes out. Okay. (laughs) I can't even imagine. Okay. Scott, where can we hear you daily? Give us a little plug and tell us anything you think that I left out that you think we need to know. Okay. Well, if you're in Champaign-Urbana, on a radio, yeah. on the old-fashioned thing. Love it. You know, it's, it's magic. Turn it, it on. It, it travels through the air, <laughs> and it goes right to your radio receiver. Uh, News Talk, 1400 on the AM side, 93.9 FM on the 
uh, FM side. Okay. It's a dual signal. And um, for the men's and, and uh, basketball and football pre- and post-game stuff, that's on also on Light Rock 97.5. Okay. We also have an app. The The company has an app, News Gazette app. Okay. You can listen to You can li- There's uh, various radio uh, apps out there, too. You can listen to any station you want across the country. You can go to the website, wdws.com, where it all streams, all that good stuff. And okay. then Illini Athletics also comes over our airwaves, but um, through Illinois' website and through... Um, through an app to varsity app. So that's where you can hear all that stuff. Okay, Scott. So if we can't hear you live on the quote, old fashioned radio, <laughs> where can we listen to you after the fact? Most of our shows are also made into podcasts. Ah, so you can familiar. find them. Yeah. So you can find them through our website, WDWS.com uh, or you, uh, we distribute them out through iTunes and Spotify and all that good stuff. Just like hyperlocals. Yes. Just like this one itself. So not just my show, by the way, we have a lot of other programs that are popular and people want to catch it after the fact. So it's a good way to catch it. Okay. Do you think we got to know Scott a little deeper? Do you? I do. (laughs) There are things I've learned that I didn't know for sure. And I think it's nice to know the personality behind the voice. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, this is a place to talk about that just doesn't necessarily fit in the middle of a sports show. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, So I appreciate that opportunity. Well, we loved having you. I loved having a professional talk about my so. mic and look about look at my recording if equipment. You say so. If you say so. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. It's been a treat. Maybe see you at Little League. Yes, maybe. <laughs> Hoping for a calm season. Thank you, Scott. My pleasure. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. However, your podcast host of choice allows, please positively rate, review, comment, and give all the stars. Don't forget to follow, subscribe, share, and ring that notification bell so you know when the next episode drops. Also, search and follow HyperLocalCU on all social media. If I forgot anything or you need me, visit my website at HyperLocalCU.com. Bye!